swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Let us know that you're out there. You can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. How's it going, AMC? Uh, it's, it's going. Um, it's funny. I listened back to last week's episode, and it started out with, uh, yeah, things seem to be getting better. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And then a week passed. <laughs> the world is descending into madness. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. I mean, I I even like the way I felt yesterday, which is Saturday for the for the listener. Um, I definitely was kind of like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about recording um tomorrow. My usually, if we skip an episode, it has to do with a, a scheduling conflict, and so then we just continue the following week. But this is like one of the first ones where it's like I don't even know if I have the heart in it for this week. And yeah, I was feeling very deflated. Yeah, and but then I don't know. It's just one of those things too. It's people need to like get their minds off of like that's part of like what what makes video gaming great is that escape, and you want to get your mind off of things. And so I think about that too. It's like it's a it's our little bit of a escape from reality to just get together, discuss video games and things that have just provided pure happiness and joy for our lives, like since we were kids. So absolutely, why get away from a good thing? when it only gives. Um, so yeah, how, how, how have you been, A-Dub? I mean, everything was fine. And then I put on my headphones, played some PS4 for like a couple of hours, came out of that bubble, looked at my social media, and just everything melted. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, just just trying to process the information, not necessarily form any hard opinions in either direction until you know all the necessary information is on the table because it's very easy to get sucked up in the whirlwind of updates and news and you know make the mistake of jumping to a conclusion that maybe is incorrect so i just don't want to jump the gun i yeah that's about it you know e single was out there was getting pretty rough. Luckily, he made it back. <laughs> so you see, Ray J was out there. <laughs> what was he doing? Nah, it was. Uh, there's a video of uh, Ray J in his in his. Uh, I think it's a uh, Rolls Royce. It was a Phantom, and oh, that was him. Yeah, and the protesters are like, 
get out <laughs> and then he he gets out and just joins the mob but like you kind of like very wearily like uh <laughs> and, it's like dude why are you gonna be scared you do what you did yeah yeah so yeah that was that was there, there have been some actual like funny things that i've seen in in the chaos that is like um writing but uh there have been LA some, in general yeah there have been some funny moments like i even saw like one video of like people walking and they're like don't touch the waffle house <laughs> like the everybody just walks by the waffle house like perfectly fine like for some reason they just decided in atlanta the waffle house is cool it's so food like, man yeah so it's, it is kind of like it's you see these like these strange moments where in moments of chaos or like there's like some weird type of clarity that like just comes over a crowd to like oh yeah that's fine yeah i mean when it's the people who are really out there to try to make their voices heard or try to accomplish something there's going to be a sense of order even when you're dealing with throngs of human beings it's only when like the agitators and the people out there who are trying to you know who have their own particular interests or their own way of doing things that tilts everything into the net the negative so yeah but with all that a dub let's uh let's escape and so a dub yes. before you hopped on social media what were you playing? <laughs> <laughs> okay so last week i told you guys i beat the original bioshock and that i started bioshock 2 i uh, was having a great time trudging through it all week and i have completed bioshock 2 it was a phenomenal experience it's like i said before a a worthy sequel to the original personally i like it more than the original game the original will always have a special place in my heart but two just took everything it did and took it to the next level uh now i'm playing bioshock infinite and it seems like a pretty worthy sequel to Bioshock 2 as well. The visuals and the spectacle of it all is on an entirely different level than the first two games accomplished. And of course, you're in the Sky City, Columbia, and things are just fundamentally different. What I've noticed with Bioshock 2 and now playing Bioshock 3 is that whenever they develop a sequel, they have quite the propensity for redesigning the core mechanics of the game. So while everything is still familiar in, you know, seeing it, reading something, it its application or the way that the system works is a bit different. So like in the first two Bioshocks, you had your health meter and you had your plasmid meter. You know, your health is keeping you alive. Your plasmids are like your magic. You could throw the bolts of lightning, your fire, all that stuff. Uh, in in those two games, you will replenish those resources by consuming items, and you would also have some items in your reserves that you could use in the heat of combat in order to further replenish your resources as you need them. In Bioshock Infinite, you have something of a shield, and there's just more items out that you consume that replenish your your abilities but there doesn't seem to be a reservoir that you have anymore that you could dip into in the heat of combat to continue to keep yourself like full on what you need maybe i need to get a little further only played the first couple hours uh, i finally met elizabeth i'm very much enjoying the acting and the performance and the writing uh it definitely 
is a somewhat well-timed game <laughs> just because of the subject matter. I had no idea what Bioshock Infinite was going to be about. When I went into it, I just knew Bioshock, Sky City, I'm on board. Elizabeth, yeah, let's do it. I'll keep her safe. Get into the game and there's a whole like white supremacy going on. <laughs> I was not ready for it. But yeah, I remember hearing like when the game came out, I heard like there's even like options where it's like throw this baseball at this kid and or like something like that. And like there are like options throughout the game that play into, I guess, like yeah, like the issues that are going on. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, there's like cultists in pointed hoods, there's this it's like an alternate future or romanticization of the the south winning over everything like there's a painting in one of the buildings of john wilkes booth shooting lincoln in the back of the head and lincoln's got like double horns and glowing eyes <laughs> yeah it's it's wild it's wild there's all kinds of like derogatory drawings of black people <laughs> and i'm just sitting there like what is going on right now so at one point, I'm a little uneasy, especially with the current events and those circumstances. But at another point, I get to fight back against all that shit. So I keep playing Bioshock 2. I'm enjoying it. I mean, Bioshock Infinite, enjoying it very much. Look forward to get back into it, getting used to it, starting to dominate in the combat a little bit. So that's that. But AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, two games this week. Uh, so put in a little more work in Octopath Traveler, just pushing forward. Just going to pass by that game. That game is just killing it. But um, at this point, I'm kind of wrapping up. And <laughs> it's, like, it's great. I'm, I'm enjoying the battles. I, ha- I now have like, I've played around with the builds a little bit more of the characters with their passive abilities. And I just have them like finely chiseled, like just I know exactly how I want them to play, and they're playing exactly how they're playing that out to a T perfectly. And because of that, I just have so much control in the different battles. We'll see. I'm coming up to my first boss, um, like my first like boss to close out um, one of the characters' storylines. So we'll see how strong these bosses are, and then we'll know really where I'm at. But as of right now, when it comes to like the mini bosses and the minions, I'm kind of just handling business, which is cool. Uh, other than that, went back into Luigi's Mansion with Marissa, and we pretty, pretty much closed out the entire game. And that what that entails is, so uh, about a week ago, we had beat the uh, King Boo, beat the main storyline, and that was all good and that was fun. And we even got an A rank, but there was still a little bit left. We didn't find all the hidden gems. We didn't go back and fight all the boos that get added to the levels once you um, complete a stage. So we went back, found all those hidden gems. It was uh, pretty awesome. We didn't, we were able to find them with the help of the, uh, the gym tracker, which basically vibrates to let you know that there's a gym in the room. So then you know to search everything in that room. And we really only got stuck at, I would say, like two of the, say, 12 that we had to get. So that was, that was nice. It wasn't, um, it wasn't too much of a grind. And we never got to a point where we had to look up how to find anything, which is 
pretty nice when it comes to these games and that extra content because I know like with Donkey Kong Country, there are just some of those Kong letters where I was not going to be able to figure out where to find that without the help of um, looking things up online of a guide, we'll say. Uh, with this, able to do it, which is cool. So we got all the gems. We beat the shit out of all the booze. Uh, put all that down, and then there was some multiplayer content in Luigi's Mansion that they have on the side. I think it's called Screen Park, and they also have the Scare Scraper. We hopped into uh, Screen Park. I'm loving these names. Yeah, it's uh, it, it all plays into the theme. And the thing with the Screen Park is it has three modes um, that you can play, and it's a competition-based. Uh, they're challenge-based competitions um, for teams of two or one-on-one. And the way that works... Um, there's one where you're trying to just get the most points, and the way that works is you have to get these uh, cannonballs. You fight the booze, steal the cannonballs from them, and then you load up the cannon, and you have to shoot the cannon to hit these targets. And um, so we did that. We played uh, another one where you have to um, – it's just about uh, beating the, the ghosts and – the, the higher the difficulty that it is to take down a certain ghost, the more points you get for that ghost, and you want to have the most points by the end of that. And then the one that I thought that was most fun is they have a... Um, it's basically water-themed. Uh, you're in an inner tube, and you have to use your vacuum to suck forward or push yourself back, and you're trying to collect uh, coins that fall into the pool that you're in. And they also drop in mines as an added layer of difficulty and if you hit the mines you immediately drop all your coins and then somebody oh. yeah and then so the opponent can come and just try to collect them so what's fun about that is there's constant shifts in who's in the lead because i'll have say 100 points marissa will have zero I'll hit a mine and all of a sudden she collects all those coins and I have a hundred and she has a hundred points and I have zero. So it's not, you can never really get too much of a, a head. It's all about like collecting and protecting your lead. Uh, so we played the, we played all of those, enjoyed them. And then we hopped in, we actually skipped the, uh, scare scraper, which is a more, um, team focused, um, uh, challenge here it's i believe it's kind of like a horde mode where you go into the the mansion and you play through all the levels as like ghosts come at you but we decided after the whole screen park thing that we were pretty much good with luigi's mansion so luigi's mansion has been officially put to bed did all that we needed to do and um we even beat the uh final boss one more time before putting the game down so yeah i'm pretty much done with that and so on the table is either Cuphead or in the Blind Forest and, um, oh yeah, and Golf Story. So mm -hmm. we have three bangers potentially to hop in and it'll be interesting to see. But by next week, we should have a new game going on. So I'll have more for you from that point. Yeah, you got you got options. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Yes, yes, y'all. So A-Dub, let's get into the topic of the week. Top topic of, of the, the week. week. Oh, this is a playstation centric episode it's all playstation news so if you care about next gen playstation news you came to the right place if you care about current stuff possibly going next gen you came to the right place if you care about games that already came out and how they did monetarily you came to the right place <laughs> so a dub you lead it off with the first topic of the week what you got on the playstation 5 front well on the playstation 5 front Sony has announced that there is a PlayStation 5 conference announced for June 4th. 
what, so you get pumped for that. They put out the tweet. They put a, a picture of the controller on there. It looks like it might be black. So people who don't like the white version don't have to get into that. <laughs> to be specific, the conference will be Thursday, June 4th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. So that's 4 p.m. Eastern. And according to PlayStation blog, CEO Jim Ryan says the games coming to PlayStation 5 represent the best in the industry from innovative studios that span the globe. Studios both larger and smaller, those newer and those more established, all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the hardware. Uh, they go on to say normally you would be in Los Angeles in some auditorium with 2,000 other people, but you'd be able to cut the adrenaline and the testosterone with the knife. Uh, we've got to find a way to do that and give the community a little bit of a jolt. When you watch the show next week, I think you'll see what we've been able to do on that level. Uh, they also made a note that there will be additional presentations following that. So, you know, don't think that what you see is all you're going to get because we got more info in store as time rolls on. It's cool. That also, it sets expectations because I'm sure there are people who want everything all at once. It's they're letting them know we're going to, we're going to feed it to you mm -hmm. slowly, but keep feeding you until you're super excited. Yeah. So we're more than likely going to see games at this event. Still doubtful whether or not we'll see the console itself, but who really cares because all that matters is what it puts on your television screen. Exactly. Um, so where are your expectations? Where's your, let's set the expectations right now. Where, where is yours? At? <laughs> let's set our expectations. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, well, the show's going to be about an hour long. So that's enough space to see, I don't know, maybe a good solid five to 10 games, maybe. Well, I mean, five is a very low end because that would be about what, 12 minutes each. So I think it'd be more like if they spent five minutes on each top on each title, like any up to about twelve, maybe ten games. So, geez, what could I expect? What would be coming along in this time? If they show me a clip for Horizon Two, might lose my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, we're going to see a lot of gameplay. I imagine we're going to see more Godfall. So that'll be interesting to see in action. Now, what about yourself? What are you looking forward to or what do you expect to see at this conference? I mean, the way I'm looking at it right now, so hype hype levels, as far as PS5 goes, I'm, I'm very much using um, my experience from the PS4 to set those levels, and which is kind of like medium to low. And that's in a way that like I'm not necessarily need to be there day one for the PlayStation 5. Uh, PlayStation 4, I believe I got it year one, and I remember I enjoyed those first year games, but they were definitely um, the more forgettable of the generation. And so if Sony comes out with a, oh, I got I to gotta have this game, and the only way I can experience that is on the PS5, um, if there's one of those games there, I'll consider it a, um, a crazy success for me. Um, as far as just, I guess, more rational expectations, I, I, I plan to see just more of a showcase of how good the games will look. And so with that, um, I, I, I expect to see some, some games that are going to be beautiful. There's going to have that polish there. Um, 
Godfall. I mean, I we saw like a little bit of a preview, but it wasn't it wasn't a a, a clear breakdown of the gameplay. And so with that, my expectations are very um like kind of level. I'm, I'm neutral with that game. So uh, I would like to see more of the gameplay to see how maybe next gen will take advantage of how I guess the game will take advantage of the next gen features to really give it a, a feel, uh, a different feel. But um, yeah, my expectations are, are pretty high right now. I, I don't plan to walk away at all upset because just seeing games is enough for me to be happy. Uh, any type of event like we saw with the Xbox Series X event, um, just seeing like a couple games uh, just makes me happy in general, especially if if I can see something that I could potentially play, even if it's not something I need, like right uh, at launch, um, I feel like that's always a success. But um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be good. It's uh, they've already done the events where they cracked down on, or at least they they broke down all the the numbers and the flops and all that stuff. So ideally, we're past all the technical aspects of the PlayStation, and so now let's just let's see if the proof is in the pudding. Exactly. Let, let's see that build. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see it in action. Let's see what developers are really doing. Yeah. So you um, you expect to, see, or at least you're hoping that we get to see something from one of their major first party studios at this. Event. Yeah, I'm hoping we can see a couple of the big, the big games like the Horizon Two. I gotta see that. Maybe some kind of from software partnership again but that's not necessarily necessary they could slide if they debuted Elden Ring gameplay on PS5 that would be huge um yeah man if they got a if they get a handful of good indies maybe show Baldur's Gate 3 but i doubt that since it's only announced for PC at the moment yeah hmm. i mean if you look at it in in comparison with the um the Xbox Series X event. I know a lot of the knock on that was it was a third party showcase, which they had let people know, but people still yeah. walked away like, hey, where's the first party games? Like this. And then all these games suck. But it's like, yeah, these games will also be more than likely on the PS5. So if you're saying these games suck, you're saying that potential games that you could get on another console are going to suck. Exactly. But um, yeah, it would be nice to at least see, like, we know that we're going to see, or at least. The assumption is we're going to see some at least one or two first party games, which is awesome. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, they'll wow us on that aspect. But I I just to be honest, I just want to see some next gen games. More of that is um, what's most important to me. Absolutely. So a dub. Um, what else do you got from the PlayStation Five standpoint? Well, I got another story, <laughs> and then I got a bonus story that I just remembered during this show they actually kind of intertwine so we have a new report that sony is putting out the word that new playstation 4 games are going to have to be compatible with playstation 5 in the future now it's not a mandatory thing but they're highly encouraging developers to put that work in up front and make any playstation 4 game certified after july 13th compatible with the PlayStation 5. So we already know that PS5, they're going to have the 100 most played PS4 games compatible with that. And they're going to work on expanding the list to the other 4,000 plus PS4 games to make those backward compatible. We're getting 
a little hazy information on the time frame involved there, but among all the statements, the consistent theme is that they intend to get the majority of the PS4 library backward compatible with the PlayStation 5. Let us rejoice. And as a bonus, Sony has assured us that The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima will be compatible with PS5. So that's a big deal. AMC, how does that make you feel? Uh, good. Uh, one other note. Uh, so from the Eurogamer um, article with this story, they also just they wanted to add one little tidbit just so people an- another another point to set expectations. So um, he said it's worth emphasizing that all of this applies to games submitted to Sony after July 13th, which is not the same as anything released after that date. Yeah. Submissions are generally made well in advance uh, of release of I've released to ensure Sony certification team can approve the game in time. So yeah, it's um, if you're thinking like, oh, so basically any game after July 13th. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a game that more than likely will be coming out after July will then fall under these um, this category. I I guess the bigger note here is that they're pushing developers to make sure that their games can run on next gen hardware, so that there is a there's leadership that is pushing for this um, because that's what people seem to care about is will the, will their games transfer over? And so we've already heard from it as far as um, a lot of third-party companies have said, especially well, at least when it comes to smart delivery on Xbox, that they plan to um, work with that smart delivery system to make their uh, current-gen games available for next-gen and boosted. So you would think that that would translate over. To, you would assume that those same companies, I believe Ubisoft and a couple others, would have that same kind of vision when it comes to the PlayStation 5 games. So that's something to note um, that with Sony being on board with it and trying to at least um, emphasize it to the developers to also be on top of this, uh, it's a good sign at least that your games will eventually be playable on next gen. Absolutely. Uh, this is very exciting. It's also very beneficial to people who either haven't gotten PS4s or who want to get PS5s but don't want to leave behind their PS4 libraries because you're going to be supported, if not at day one, another day down the line. So that's something that'll help ease someone like myself into the next gen because I have a backlog of PS4 games that I'm very much looking forward to digging through, especially since usually the launch windows for new consoles are pretty sparse when it comes to compelling content. So, you know, it'd be nice to secure a box, but still be able to work on my workload. So, yeah. And like uh, an interesting part of that too, is how that will play out with like PS plus games that you have. If like, um, since you, ah, you can still keep getting the PS four ones. Yeah, like eventually, if they do become compatible on the PS5, um, ideally that part of your library will then transfer over the moment that that game is um, compatible. So for those those digital downloads, uh, so yeah, that's, that's another like uh, wrinkle that hopefully will play out in in favor, so that like I'll be able to say go back and play Bioshock Collection on the PS5 if I don't get to it on the PS4. Hopefully, get get some benefits from that boost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though that additional you, boost, you you did say the game does look pretty good though, as uh, as far as the remastering that they've done for the PS4 version. Oh, they they all look great. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, so this is this I is a great. A, 
Oh, I had a bonus topic to oh, go yeah, along yeah. with this. Yeah, so nice. we know that Sony's doing the backward compatibility, 100 most played games, Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us 2. We have this story breaking with PS4 games being encouraged to be forward compatible with the PS5. And then CEO Jim Ryan went further and made the declaration that they're not interested in making PS4 versions of PS5 games. So this sounds negative on its surface, but what it's really saying is that, you know, there's still going to be PS4 games coming down the line, but for PS5, you're not going to have those PS5 titles that are cross-gen by basically playing down to the PS4. Once you get PS5, a PS5 game is a PS5 game. And I'm liking that they're they're going forward with exclusives. This is in contrast to Microsoft's stand, where the Xbox Series X isn't going to have any kind of exclusives in that first year or two of it being on the market. So we're already seeing a little bit of division here between the two companies on their approach to how they're going to be putting out their games. Overall, it still works out for us. We still get to play the things we have. We get to look forward to what's coming. Sony's getting down to the nitty gritty a little sooner than Microsoft, but Microsoft would be there too. And we're looking forward to seeing what they have to offer. How do you feel AMC? Yeah. I mean, um, it's good news. I want to see, yeah, I would like to see how that all plays out. Um, consumer wise, it seems like people have been very happy with the news. Um, it didn't seem like people were upset with the idea that Microsoft would be focusing on kind of current gen games uh, as far as not leaving the current uh, group behind before they've uh, adopted the, the new hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give them a taste of what next gen is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I think it's one of those things that it's uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I mean, if those PS5 games are great, the people will jump over anyways. Um, and it's always been a thing, especially it's usually more of a third party situation where they tend to they want that cr- cross platform uh possibility in in this case cross gen possibility because they just want as many sales as possible so it's it's really been a third party situation when it comes to trying to make sure that their games are available everywhere um microsoft has taken it on to, by themselves to say like ah, and we want this now to be a first party situation but yeah i i tend to I'm I'm totally fine with the idea that you make um, PS5 games exclusive to PS5. Like I want to see I want to see the most out of those games as possible. And um, if for some reason that would hurt development, trying to make it available for both uh, consoles or both generations, um, yeah, that I wouldn't want to see that. So I th- I, th- I think it's a good move. It's it shows a vision and direction and um, that they're they're selling out for this new console, which is a, a good sign. They have a lot of faith in this hardware. Absolutely. Um, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the, the week. week uh, staying on PlayStation, but this being in the uh, PlayStation 4 category of news. This coming from an interview with Hodeo Kojima. Uh, so, yeah, well, actually, we'll just take it straight from Gamatsu. Death Stranding, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and Kojima Productions, November 2019 released PlayStation 4 title uh, Death Stranding 
was profitable and recouped development costs, director Hideo Kojima said in a newly published interview with Live Door News. Moreover, the developer has secured enough profit for its next title. What? Uh, yes. Uh, so let's get into the actual direct quotes from the Live Door interview. So question, how did Death Stranding perform sales-wise? The response from Hideo Kojima, we surpassed the amount we needed to make a profit, so I think it sold well enough to be called a success. Recruitment development costs included. Oh. <laughs> we'll release the PC version soon and have already secured enough profit to prepare for what's next, so there's no need to worry. So, you know, let's stick with that one first. So, why he's saying we already made our money and we have another version of this game coming out, which is just going to get gravy on top of that. Oh, so delicious. It's, style a, of mashed potatoes. it's a success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, it, this is also, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, so, first off, wait, what do you think about the, that quote before we get to the next one? I, it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary. I wouldn't expect Kojima to fall on his face having his freedom and having a company behind him that believes in his projects. You know, Death Stranding was a very unique and different product, which people say they want, which people said that they didn't like when it finally came out. But in spite of that, people still went out there, bought it, they pulled a profit. Now we get to see more projects come from Kojima. Maybe it'll be something more in line with the preferences and tastes of more people this time around, or maybe it'll be something even weirder that we're all just not ready for. Either way, I'm glad that he was successful with the title. I need to go back and finish it myself. I'm looking forward to whatever else he may be bringing down the pipeline because I have a feeling that we haven't even seen the best that this man can do yet. And he's on an upward trajectory. Yeah, so focusing strictly on the idea of success, I know like for some people, they have this idea that, well, it's got to sell gangbusters. It has to be GTA 5 <laughs> in order to be successful. It has to be huge. If it isn't one of the biggest, then it's nothing. Yeah, and I think that's what he's basically said is, I, from, from a musician standpoint, I, I made enough to cover the advance from the record studio and we may also made a little more on top of that. So now we're all making money at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for some people it's, well, if it wasn't a major commercial success, then it wasn't successful. But what he's saying is that like on the strength of the name alone, and I was, an, I was able to create enough buzz behind this game um, that people went out and bought it. I think that he just Kojima, like just on the name alone, I think there is enough interest in him that people will always want to experience what he has to offer. And so it might not have to do what say Metal Gear did um, in order from his eyes to get the point across. And that's, he has people looking at him and he has people wanting to experience what he has to put out there. Uh, And so, yeah, it's, I think from Sony's standpoint, it's success because people might say like, well, like Sony didn't make a ton of money off of this game. So wouldn't they consider that like not a great thing, but it's also has to do with uh, one, the personality behind the library that you have to offer for your community. And it gives 
and with that there's a more of a variety people want to sell like sell this idea that like oh like sony just puts out all these movie games and yeah when you have kojima getting actual actors uh, to like star in his games it does get that vibe but then when you play something that that as is um which is say art house as this type of game is it shows that sony's willing to do something different with their games and Absolutely. that's that's one thing i loved about like nintendo is that like they'll have their familiar characters but they'll put them in different situations to be experienced in new and different ways and um i think with sony it's with their ideas that like let's let the creators be do what they do best and create and let's not get in the way of it and if it becomes these big story epics that have um incredible presentation value then that's what they're going to do and they want their developers to be able to take as much advantage of those powerful consoles to really give us those experiences and so yeah i think uh he was successful from just a Hodeo, from a Kojima production standpoint. And I would say for PlayStation, uh, that game, that exclusive created enough buzz that it's something that people will look forward to when it comes to another release on, say, the PlayStation 5. Uh, so with that, actually, let me read this second quote and then we'll continue the discussion. So the guy followed up then um, his comment about the next game to prepare for what's next uh, and Kojima's response. I can't say anything since it's still in the planning stages, but we're doing various work behind the scene. Just recently, a big project fell apart, so I'm a bit upset about that. Laughs. Well, that sort of thing happens often in this industry. Uh, so, hey, Dub, um, what do you think about the idea of one, a Death Stranding sequel? Um, where, where, where is your interest level in that with his like, next project? Well, like I said, I still have to go back and finish the first one, which is already reportedly a massive game mm-hmm. and a very acquired taste, as it would seem. So, uh, I don't know. I would really like to see him make something else. Like, Death Stranding didn't immediately, like, grab me or impact me too deeply, or at least the portion that I played. But I do recognize how good of a game it is which is why I still have an interest in going back. But I I would like to see him put a couple of things out there. So, you know, hopefully with, I mean, it's unfortunate about the project that was scrapped, whatever that may have been, but hopefully with whatever he's starting up now, maybe it'll be another new IP. So that's what I'm gunning for. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like that world was interesting enough that like if you were to revisit it and attack it from maybe a different angle, maybe that that's a way to get people back mm-hmm. in, but like um, a different style of game in the same universe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Cause it, it is like, at least from an outsider standpoint, because I didn't actually get Death Stranding. Um, I'll say on a personal level, this is mainly, this is just for me. Uh, I played Metal Gear 5 and it just didn't really, uh, I didn't connect with it. And then so when I saw Death Stranding and it kind of, um, it was going into in a different direction from where his games are usually go as far as like that stealth style of uh, gameplay. Um, I, I, I just wasn't, uh, it was just a game that I didn't need to get. And so, yeah, I would personally prefer if you went in a different direction, but I'm also from the standpoint that let's see, where he goes because oftentimes um the first game isn't the one that really um connects with people it'll be the sequel that is a more refined version and taking another step forward um is what tends to 
that that can often be what really connects with um the greater gaming market like just thinking about like witcher 3 and some other games right, from um, demon souls to dark souls from what dang i had that other game in my head and i forgot oh yeah from like infamous to infamous 2 yeah i mean <laughs> from like, uncharted to uncharted 2 yeah, I mean, you look at the GTAs to then GTA 3 to then where you hit to a point at where you get to GTA 5 and just that level of success. Um, so yeah, there's always iterations that if you know what the game is trying to communicate and then you're able to better communicate that to the the wider gaming uh, community, it, it might just resonate a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, I Kojima, he's going to do whatever his artist brain is um, is focused on. And so with him, if it's boring, he'll probably leave it behind and he'll do something new. So it's just a matter of um, this game seemed to resonate with where he was, um, with at least his perspective of how the world was disconnected. And he wanted to find a way to convey that in a video game and try to create connections through his video game. And so we'll see um, the, what he's viewing with America right now and kind of where he can uh, iterate that into a video game. It'll be interesting to see how that translates. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the world is completely uh, Kojima's oyster as, uh, as you could say. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if any of, today's circumstances are going to be elements incorporated in gta 6 yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's and also i mean at, it could be something where it's if things get so bad people might not like they might want to pull away from it a little bit like uh i know um i'd heard like there were quotes from it was like the one of the heads of black mirror where it's like reality is so nuts right now that we can't come up with ideas because it's like, it's just too crazy that like, it's like we're living in a black mirror episode. So it's hard to create off of that. And so like, like maybe like there is like a level of disconnect that people want that. I don't know. We'll see how GTA wants to approach those certain things. <laughs> well, it's like at some point it, it, the line between fiction and current events just stops existing. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, yeah, it just hits too close to home. And so maybe it's hard to. It becomes a documentary. Yeah. It's hard to do satire when reality is a satire on itself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's been obviously, there's always like GTA 6 rumors like boiling. But um, I mean, I can't wait to see what that turns into. At least Absolutely. Five. Um, next, next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of the, of the week. week. We got our June PS Plus games, A-Dub. Oh, we do. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, this was released on the PlayStation blog. The June PS free PS Plus games that you can add to your library. The first one will be Star Wars Battlefront 2. And the second one is Call of Duty War, <laughs> World War 2. <II>. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you want to um, go to you want to go to real war? You want to go to fake war? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all that matters is the trolls want to go to war. Oh, um, Lord. I mean, so when this was initially announced, uh, first thing was like, oh, cool, Battlefront Two is free, and that's awesome because everything that I hear from that game is uh, even the people who are upset with it uh, have been acknowledging that they have liked the steps that the game has taken post launch to make it, um, 
a little more palatable for the people who had the issues with uh, some of the launch, I guess, mechanics or <laughs> options when it came to unlocking things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like it's a much better game overall for the for the community. Uh, so I, it's a Star Wars game. I just watched uh, Rise of Skywalker, and so the, a part of me was like, hell yeah, like I'd love to jump into that world from a gaming standpoint. Uh, but um, I mean, obviously, I mean, how did you, how did you feel about this lineup? Well, I mean, I'm a little interested in getting Battlefront 2 just because it looks like it's a fantastic Star Wars experience, and I've also wanted to try it out for myself, so this would be a good way to do that. Um, Don't really have any interest in Call of Duty at all, so won't be getting into that, and that's where my feelings are. How are the people's feelings, hey, Dev? Tell you how the people's feelings are. We got you. We got you. Troll of the week. Shut troll of the week. <laughs> when people are coming sideways at the PlayStation lineup, as if you didn't know that already. Uh, first troll says another bad month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, last month was was a farming simulator and city skylines. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you get Battlefront Two out of it. Another bad month. Yeah. Uh, next troll, well, that sucks. Next one says, garbage minus one. Next troll says, ah, the worst Call of Duty besides Ghost for free. Isn't that swell? <laughs> Mercy. Uh, next troll says, I want a refund. Call of Patooey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next troll says, not wasting Precious hard drive storage space on some mediocre first-person shooters. Uh, another one says, these games blow. <laughs> another troll says, well, more crap. Yay. Uh, next troll says, not wasting data on this. Another one says, weak. Another one says, I was hoping for something better. And the last troll says, two garbage live service games shouldn't be on PlayStation Plus. Ah, it's interesting. We at least got through all of that without any type of loot box complaining. It's all about the only one that was, uh, I guess, um, on on par was the uh, the live service crackback. Yeah. yeah, it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, great! <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, it's it's the usual. We hate everything, yeah. but. Um, I'd say that I feel like the trolls have done better in the past. There's no hot garbage takes. <laughs> well, I mean, garbage minus one, two uh, garbage yeah. live service games. All right, but no hot garbage. Nah, hot garbage. <laughs> no hot no, garbage. No, we, we're keeping the garbage in the fridge for the next <laughs> get together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are going to complain, but. It doesn't seem like uh, I haven't seen at least the uh, the petitions being put out for uh, a new game or a new lineup. We're not going to get Detroit become human again. <laughs> Interesting note. Uh, somebody pointed out to me that there was a petition circulating for EA to put the microtransactions back into Battlefront 2. And it had a reasonable amount of signatures. Imagine that. To put them back into it. To put them back. We want, we want to give that money. Uh. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Those um, those games are of a generation of uh, 
of hate that I feel like um, generation hate. <laughs> yeah, that we've like kind of grown from. Um, it seems like lately the hate has been a little more subdued when it comes to games that have been released, uh, which is, I guess, a good note. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, it's Star Wars. I think people are going to the people who didn't want to pay for this game because they didn't like what they saw at launch. Um, I think this is going to be a jumping on point for them. And it'll be interesting to see um, the, the muffled responses of uh, enjoyment as they play these games. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just see if there's a spike in concurrent users. And that's how we'll know if people are actually, uh, if there was actual interest in playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 and just people weren't getting it because they were, they were um, voting with their wallets, I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah, anything else before we get into the uh, the last topic, A-Dub? Nah, that's all it from my sleep. So we got a, a quick note, A-Dub, um, Iron Man VR has gone gold. What? <laughs> it's almost ready. Yes, it is. The uh, VR revolution will be televised. The, the, Mach, the Mach 3 suit is, uh, I guess, the final touches have been put on. Ooh. Yeah, so it might it that, might be time. That polish, that polish that, is there. That shine, that carnauba <laughs> wax. Yeah, I believe that this was the um, this is the final of the delays. Um, this this was this delay was announced alongside, I believe, uh, Last of Us Two. And when Last of Us Two got its launch day, people were questioning. Uh, people were hitting the streets saying, "What's going on with our Iron Man VR?" But and so now we finally have news that Iron Man VR is coming. It has gone gold. Uh, so they're it looks like there will be no more delays as far as current gen title, like current gen exclusive titles on the PlayStation catalog. <laughs> are you going to get it day one or are you going to wait for it to be free on plus? Uh, you know, I'm going to wait for the helmet to be free on plus and then I'll buy the game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see where we're at. If we have time, you know, what? we, we do have time for one question. A dub. Let me ask you a question. Uh, this will be an easy one. A dub. So some people say that video games are a waste of time. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, so where are you at with that? A dub, you know, well, I mean, um, coming up as kids, I, I feel like there was a, a viewpoint from parents that you're wasting your time, you're rotting your brain <laughs> in front of the TV. Um, so how, how have you felt? How have you felt like video games have provided for your life? Well, I, it's a matter of interpretation and perception. I mean, you could go both ways depending on how you feel about pastimes in general. I, you could say it is a waste of time if you also accept that reading books or watching movies and television or playing sports is also a waste of time. Like you're not really doing anything. You're just doing something and then it's done, but there's no like progress. Yeah. Oh, physical benefits and learning things. You know, you get hand-eye coordination and you learn stuff from video games too. Uh, you could also say that it is not a waste of time because you could get a career in developing gaming. You could get a career in writing for games. You could get a career in voice acting, motion capture, coding, programming, animating, art. It's so many disciplines that go into making a game. You can also become a streamer. You can become a professional gamer. You can, you can coach people. <laughs> you can be a gaming team coach. There are just so many opportunities that the gaming industry provides. Uh, it's a bigger industry than Hollywood is. And, you know, it just gets bigger and better every few years. So 
with all that money and talent flowing in and out of that industry on an hourly basis, it's a little ridiculous to think that any, like just the sheer act of playing the product of all that hard work and investment is giving you the experience and the knowledge you need to perhaps one day be involved with it in a more meaningful way. So I would say that playing video games is not a waste of time. Yeah, I would totally agree. It's um, once again, it's one of those things is like how you use it and um, will determine if it's a waste of your time Um, on a personal, like just on a, just on a personal level. uh, I don't have a ton of time to play video games. This is uh, currently, so we'll say currently and we'll say in the past. Currently, I don't have a ton of time to play video games, which actually has been super beneficial because I have to be very selective with what I play. And because of that, every game I play is an absolute banger. There's no, there's never really the, I'm kind of interested. So I guess I'll play this because I have uh, a, a void in, uh, what games I can play at the moment. So I'll just hop on this game because it's new or I had like a periphery, a periphery interest. But um, now like, because of that, like, yeah, every game has been great. So I feel like there's never a waste of time when it comes to gaming. If anything, the time, the time that I do get with gaming is very precious to me. And I'm always trying to carve out a little more space to find that time. Uh, as far as like the past, I, I felt like gaming was super beneficial. One, um, when I played as a kid, it was just, it was kind of a time filler, but it ended up leading to a ton of great experiences. It also uh, ended up like, I ended up meeting a lot of great friends who were into gaming and it was a way that I bonded with friends over gaming. Um, and so it's, contributed so much to my life that I would definitely say that of a lot of things that I felt like I had to, at least as a kid, go through the motions because it's a thing that adults told me to do, like told us to do because it would benefit us later in life. Gaming was one of those things that early on I decided I was into and nobody told me to get into it. It was something that I just tried out and then immediately fell in love with felt a connection, resonated with something with me, and I I just stuck with it for the rest of my life. And so, yeah, because of that, I would totally not throw away any of those years. It's always interesting to see the people who played games and either fell off because it was something that they just lost interest with or something that they felt like was um, too much of a distraction from where they wanted to be in life. it, it was never a case like that for me. And so, as I said, it's always, if you're playing games and you're unhappy with the games that you're playing, one, look at the type of games you're playing. And then if that's, if you get better games and you're still super critical and you're not happy with your experiences, then maybe gaming just isn't for you. But if you still find a ton of benefit and the experiences all, like still resonate with you in a way that you feel contribute greatly to your life. I I think it's a a perfect thing that people should jump on. Like we look at it with COVID the moment that people got downtime, what did they do? They bought video game consoles. Yeah. (laughs) And we see best best quarter in gaming history. (laughs) Yeah. We see huge spikes from consoles that are on their way out. And then from a surging console in the Nintendo switch, we, we saw spikes all around in purchases and software on top of that. Just a correction, best first quarter in gaming history. Yeah, um, and, and I believe best April in 
I think like 13 years or something like that or 12 years. Probably about to be the best year ever for gaming. <laughs> so <laughs> With yeah, the new just, consoles coming out. Oh, you better believe it. And so, yeah, um, I think it's one of those things that uh, it's, it's very generational. Our parents didn't understand games. They also didn't understand comic books. They felt like it was rock and roll. Yeah. It was just uh, rap music. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, social media. <laughs> Yeah, and so I think it's one of those things that, especially from our standpoint, like I look at it like immediately as something that if Theo gets into, I would love to to bond with him over. Uh, it's just a diff- it's a matter of perspectives and generation uh, generationally. Uh, I think it's widely more accepted, um, and so yeah, it's I think it, I, it's no surprise that gaming is getting popular and weed also got legalized. <laughs> Things that go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah i yeah if if you're playing games if you're enjoying what you're playing and you're enjoying your time playing it then it's not a waste of time whatever allows you to escape and relieve yourself from the stressors of the day is time well spent yes yes um so with that a dub i think that's that's good enough for an episode do you have any final words for for the trolls and for the homies uh you know, try to look at information and take it for what it is. Don't form hard conclusions or treat things as black and white situations. There's a lot of things happening today and there are a lot of people, you know, getting hurt, a lot of property damage, a lot of just anger and conflict, but we need to get level heads back, try to move forward, try to try to work, try to get it done. Yeah. Focus on the issue and address it and not just on what's actually happening what's coming of it (laughs) yeah all right so with that i am the amc oh yeah we are control thanks for playing Suckers. suckers